Artlist.io. Good afternoon and welcome to the Right Fit Podcast. I'm Daryl Jacobs, your host. Join me every Friday at noon Eastern time with decision makers who are in collegiate athletics and professional sports. But joining me today is a special guest, Vice President of Diversity and Inclusion for the Seattle Seahawks, Karen Wilkins Mickey. Karen, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me, Daryl. And thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule as well. But before we get to the Q&A, Karen, um, talk a little bit about your background. Yeah. So I've been in diversity and inclusion for probably about 20 years. Um, Prior to that, I kind of started in the staffing space, so staffing and HR. Um, And I was lucky enough to sort of land in the diversity space early on when it just started when there started there first started to be a thing called diversity, um, and back then it was just like diversity recruiting manager or diversity program manager. And so, over time, inclusion came into the into play, and then now equity, which is great, and some other things too. You can call it uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Um, justice has been thrown in there, but yeah, I've been doing this for quite some time. Well, let's talk about your journey into the NFL. And you talked about your journey to the DNI space. How did you end up with the Seattle Seahawks of the NFL? I never thought that I would be in the NFL. But for me, it's always been about the role, like the practice, like doing this work. I could do it for anything. I could. I did it in technology, aviation, and now football. And so at the end of the day, it's about the practice, not the industry. You, I mean, every industry you have to learn, but it's really, if you know this space, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which I do and have done it for su- such a long time, I could do it for any industry. And so it's sort of, you know, I'll tell you, I was really busy during um, the time I was being recruited in 2020. Um, April, you know, May 25th, the murder of George Floyd happened and we were really busy focusing on our um, advancing racial equity initiatives. And I wasn't looking for another opportunity at all because I was really busy in my current role. And um the Seahawks had a position and they called me um, and I had a conversation and it seemed very intriguing to me. I mean, the Seahawks are so, um, you know, they have a great reputation in the space and in the sports industry, they have a great reputation, their ownership, their leadership, uh, the team itself that, you know, and for me, it was all about like, it's all about the organization I'm going to work for. And can I align to it? Do they have the same values that I have? And how are they, how's their brand recognized? And I followed the process and here I am one year later, one season later, one year later. So I'm very grateful. Let's talk about a little bit about the interview processes you have encountered you know, whether you conducted them yourselves or you may want to talk about the interview process you went through. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, obviously having an HR and staffing um, background, I've been through a lot of different interview processes and I've helped, um, I've helped the hiring teams learn how to mitigate bias within their hiring processes as well. But my own interview process was really interesting. It was a great process, actually. I wasn't sure. I was a little nervous because it was the sports industry. And I knew tech. I knew aviation. But here I was going in the sports. I didn't know what those interviews were going to be like. 
Um, they were a panel format. And because we were all remote, it was on Zoom. So it was not a very personal um, experience where you come in and get to meet people. So you have to really shine this way, which is not very easy. Um, but I knew that it would be a rigorous process. I know that um, the Seahawks is a very, um, it's a family brand and it is people's, uh, the relationships are very important. And obviously they want someone to represent that has a good brand themselves and has been doing this and knows the Northwest, which I do because I've been working in the space for so, some time. But um, really having those connections and it was it was a long process. A lot of people I met with, like all of leadership and there is also some diversity council members I met with, but all in all, it, it actually was a smooth process for me. Um, I mean, it was a long process, but it was smooth in that I didn't feel caught off guard. I didn't feel, um, you know, like people didn't want me to do this role or um, like there were any trick questions or anything like that. I was very much myself. And the way I approached it was, you know, this is who I am. And, you know, at the end of the day, I only want to work someplace where I can be my true authentic self and bring the best me that I can. So if they liked that, that's great. And if I felt that their values aligned to mine, then we would be a go. But my process went really well for well, interviewing. Yeah. Well, a lot of times my guests come on and I, I know, we get to the do's and don'ts of the interview. And most of the do's have always been one of the most common one is be your authentic self. And that's been one of the do's of sure. most of my guests have recommended to the viewers and listeners. Talk about some of the things you you learned along the way. Now you mentioned, and I just want to preface this, you know, often I talk about transferable skills. You were not even in the sports industry. You know, if you, you were doing diversity, equity, inclusion, I believe for Alaska Airlines, you know, and then you have done some work at some other places as well. Talk about those transferable skills that help you able to get to the Seahawks and then talk about some of the things you've learned along the way. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, the transferable skill set, and it's interesting because diversity, it's like, you know, it's a niche, right? You know, this is what I do. It's not like I'm, I'm, um, you know, I, I, I'm not like a program manager where you can do program management and operations and do different things. I am a diversity and inclusion subject matter expert. This is my skill. And so, but what I've done for other organizations is really establish and set the foundation of what we need to do around diversity and inclusion as it relates to that particular industry. And I've pretty much set up diversity and inclusion for each of the places I've worked. So I was used to creating something from nothing. Now, I'm not saying that every place I worked hasn't done something around diversity. It's just that I was typically the first to create, be in the department of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so I was used to that first. I was used to building and growing and implementing. And I was able to bring that to the Seahawks. The Seahawks, was they were looking for the the first to do this for the Seahawks and to develop this department. So knowing that I was used to doing that time and time again, I wouldn't come in confused by that or needing direction the way some might because I was used to going in and figuring it out. 
Um, so I didn't require I didn't require that hand holding. I didn't require that direct supervision constantly that someone that may not have the experience setting something up from scratch would need. So I think I brought that skill over um, as well as leadership. You know, I I led it for um, these organizations or for a specific department within organizations. I had a seat at the table with executive leaders. So I knew how to influence um, or create strategy, build strategy. Um, and then I also knew how to meet people where they are because, you know, we talk about um, the don'ts, I would say, you know, what I've learned is not every place do you do the same thing. I can't, everything I've done has been tailored to that particular organization. I don't say, oh, you know, this is what I did at so-and-so, and so I'm going to do this here. You can't because they're different industries. They have different goals. They have different priorities. And you have to understand what those business priorities are so that you can align your strategy to those business priorities. And so that was that's sort of a learning along the way. Um, I have many learnings along the way, but that's one of them. It's, it's not a one size fits all. And so I do believe that my transferable skills of my practice and what I do and understanding that every group is different and every organization is different and starting things from scratch was a big key to me landing my role at the Seahawks. Well, as you know, this is a coaches show, you know, rising coaches, me being executive director for diversity, equity, inclusion Alliance. And we have over 1500 coaches around the country and growing ranging from the NBA, WNBA college, high school and grassroots. And, a lot of the coaches watch this program. We also have a search firm in which we do searches, not just for coaches and rising coaches. We also do um, searches for administrative positions in collegiate athletics, you know, as well. So let's talk about fit. The name of the show is The Right Fit, and you mentioned fit um, in your last um, response. Talk about some of the characteristics you may look for um, if you were doing the hiring and also you can elaborate on what's your definition of when you talk about fit from any point of view you like. Okay. <laughs> so I'm in diversity, equity, and inclusion. So the word fit feels like I need to become part of what you already have. So I like to use value add. And so I like to see myself as like when the Seahawks were interviewing me, I was hoping that I would be a value add to their organization, to their leadership team. And so I understand what people say when they say fit. I know what they mean, but I do like to challenge people to think about more about the value that a person brings versus the fit, because you want that person to bring them to the organization. You don't want to change. You don't want them to change to be part of the organization. And, and what I've learned, Karen, along the way is that if you have a room full of people and you ask all 10 people, what's the fit, right fit for you, you're going to get 10 different answers. So, right. you know, I just wanted to bring, because I've been in those type of rooms and when they talk about right fit, it's okay. What is your definition of right fit? That's what does right. right fit for you? And next thing you know, you got 10 different answers. And Absolutely. I just want to preface that, you know, as well, but you please continue. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, I think that it's really important that a person has that like can do attitude, the right, um, 
just the positive attitude to get something done and never assume negative intent, but positive intent. It's so important because you can immediately start something and get very frustrated. You could, and that could, that could um, impact what you're trying to do, right? So somebody who has the right attitude to get the, the job done by any means necessary, but with collaboration in mind, because nothing can be done alone. Everything we do is through collaboration. And especially, um, I know there's coaches on, the coach relies on the team of coaches, right? The coach relies on the team. It's not just the coach, but it's it's that collaboration, that expertise. And so I rely on other people in the organization as well, right? Like it's not just Karen. It's not 1-800-CALL-KAREN and, you know, voila, we have a diverse and inclusive workforce. It is Karen is helping to build that strategy so that everybody becomes champions of change. It's through other people where my success is and where my success lies. So I think having that team mentality is critical. Um, and I think also it's really important to be strategic and to have that strategic mind and always think about the things that you're doing result in something that's impactful because you could end up doing this role and have lots of activities. I heard today I was on a webinar in a webinar. Um, and it was really, it was interesting because it made me think they talked about how you can have all these different activities, but when do you shift from activity to action? And I started to think about it like, yeah, you know what? Some, sometimes I have to step back and go, wow, I did do a lot of those. Were they impactful? You know, and how do you make sure that they were? Well, you measure it. Because what, what gets measured gets managed. If you don't measure it, it won't get managed and it will fall into this bucket of just activity. So, you know, for me, I think having that mindset of strategy, impact, results, so that you can show sort of like what you're doing along the way. And another thing that I really learned um, along the way that's really important is not to talk about where I went but to talk about where I'm going and bring people with me. Because if I'm telling them where I went, then I left already. So that's not good, right? And so those are some of the things that I look for and I think about, um, you know, in my role day to day. Well, Karen, I'm enjoying this conversation, but I got to pay some bills. We're going to take a commercial break and we'll be right back with the Right Fit Podcast. The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile all for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates, and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list, or more information, please visit risingcoaches.com. 
Welcome back to the Right Fit Podcast. I'm Daryl Jacobs, ESPN Network's analyst. I'm here with my guest today, Karen Wilkins, Mickey, Vice President for DNI for the Seattle Seahawks of the NFL, and we're talking about the Right Fit. Karen, let's talk a little bit about some of the things you do for the Seahawks organization as far as being in the DEI space. Yeah. So I'm responsible for the overall strategy of DEI for the organization, but um, from the field on straight to leadership, to our stadium. Um, But one of the things that I really did when coming in is really understand who our people are. You know, we focus very much on our people, our workforce, um, driving an inclusive and building an inclusive workforce, as well as our community. So when I think about DEI, those are my three buckets that I really focus on, but the people are first. So I spent my first year really amplifying the voices of those who are typically unheard, which was and is our marginalized community. And I aligned a lot of our efforts to our cultural awareness. So I spent a lot of time doing that um, and building those communities up. I also supported and managed our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Council that was created prior to me starting. Um, we helped get, we helped build a lot of the programs internally. I believe in starting inside out. Like I said, I think that it starts with the people. So a lot of the things that I like to drive or initiatives were on the inside. And now as I shift into my second season, it's outside in. So I'm doing some really cool things with some of our legends and our players. And so I did not get to do that a lot in the first part of my um, my year learning um, and really building awareness. You know, I spent that first year building awareness. And it's taking that time to really understand what I'm doing because you don't want to come in and go, okay, this is what we need to do. Everybody, you know, all hands on deck. Let's go. One, two, three. I had to take the time to really understand and know what the people wanted and what they needed. So I spent a lot of time having listening sessions and talking to people. And, but along the way, I learned so much. And so that now going into the second season, I'm going in ready, you know, there's a maturity in DEI. You can't just start like, you know, here, <laughs> you know, be, you're not going to go to world class until you go through the stages, you know, foundational and integrated and progressive, well, et cetera. You're saying you're not a rookie anymore after this year, right? You know, it's funny because I still say I'm a rookie, though. <laughs> <laughs> I still say I'm there like, Karen, you're not a rookie. I'm like, I'm a rookie. I'm a rookie. I just finished my first season, so I'm still a rookie. Well, you're in the NFL. This is your first season in the NFL, but it's not your first season in the, in the DEI space. So, that's um, right. You're a veteran, and what you're bringing to the Seahawks, which is uncommon in the NFL, a lot of people don't realize, which your position is very uncommon in the NFL. Is only a few of you guys. Every team do not right. does not excuse me does not have a DEI person no. in place. So nope. this is an ever evolving position as well. Yeah. So a lot of the NFL teams are very foreign to the DEI space and platform, you know, as well. So you are. Trendsetters, all of you guys in the DI space in the NFL, Dr. China Jew with the Denver yeah. Broncos, Brian uh, Richardson Jr. with the Indianapolis coach. Yes. You guys are trendsetters um, in this DI space, particularly in the NFL. One of the things I do on the podcast, and 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 I try to give the listeners or viewers, because this is the right fit, it's a coach's show um, as well. But I want you to talk about the three do's and don'ts. And the three do's and don'ts of interviewing is universal, whether you're going for a coaching job, administrative job, uh, an executive job. 
but it's universal in terms of what my guests um, bring to the table and the advice they give the listeners or viewers. So talk about your three do's and three don'ts. Three do's. Speak on a high level. Only things that matter. Don't get in the weeds and get off track. <laughs> That's a don't. <laughs> That's a don't. Speak to what you know. Don't speak right. to what you don't know. Because you'll get you'll get found out. It's very simple. Like it's that, that's very important. Um, you've got to share results. People want to know what you've done and what it what the results were. As they say today, you gotta have those receipts. Gotta have those receipts, right? <laughs> right. Please be authentic. Be real. Like people want. That I mean, and, and I get being prepared and knowing like, well, this is how I'm going to respond to this or that. But you know what? Relax, relax and be you. You know what you're doing and you know your job. And 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 so just be you. You know, the, if you made it to this point where you're interviewing, it's because they know what you can do and you you've got that part out of the way. So now just let them know who you are. So. Those are my do's. Don'ts are the opposite of it, right? The don'ts are, <laughs> I mean, don't, just don't act like you know something right. you don't. And, and if you don't have the answer, say, you know what, can I get back to you on that? That's really important. A lot of times people try to answer things and they don't know the answer and they just need a moment. Pause, reflect, say, you know what, that's a great question. Can I get back to you on that? But here's the thing with interviewing. I find that a lot of people make mistakes. The softball question, normally the first question, tell us a little bit about yourself. And that, the first five minutes of the interview, that can dictate whether you're going to continue in the process or you pretty much done sunk your ship at the beginning of the interview. And another question, you know, talk about one of your weaknesses. Oh, yes. And people don't realize you, they don't want to act like they don't have no weaknesses. That's right. And the key is they want to see if you're going to be very honest That's and, right. and say, hey, this is my weakness. I'm impatient, but this is what I have done over the past year or so to practice being patient and blah, blah. And they just want to see, hear that as well. So a lot of people get caught off guard with those two questions. I and totally realize they're not hard. I so, totally agree. I totally agree. But when someone's asking you, tell me about yourself. And if you say something and at the end they go, you know what, can you tell us a little more about that? That's a good sign. Yes. And that's really interesting that you said that. And that's a really good sign. Um, and I love how you said that about weaknesses. I Everyone has them. Everyone we all has them. them. We all and, got them. And I like to call them opportunities. <laughs> I like to call them opportunities. And right. so see my positivity happen in there, Daryl. You see how yeah, I throw yeah. the pot. So we all have opportunities. So when people say, hmm, I do not, I was going to say I hate, and that's not the right word, but I, I appreciate when someone says, I have to think about the answer to that question and then answers it versus I don't have any weaknesses. <laughs> right. And that's that's the wrong answer. You pretty much done wow. killed the interview as well. I can tell you as a young man, you know, coming out of college, playing professional and going for job interviews and me not knowing, didn't, as I said, I didn't have the secret 
sauce or the code to understand the industry and how to interview as my white counterparts because we I just wasn't abreast to it. And that question would often get asked, and I'd be like, "Man, I ain't got no weaknesses." You know, even though I knew I had them, but you know, you find out later on in life, you know, that pretty much did not qualify for your job. They just wanted to know if you have any weaknesses and what do you do to address those weaknesses. That's you know, right. As well, so um, that's right. That was great. That's good, Daryl. Because those people listening who are in the interview process, remember that. Like, have those oppor- key opportunities. They all don't have to be bad. It's not like. Just know that, like Daryl, like you just said, what are you going to do to address? Like, how do you work on those things? Another good question is, what would what is what's something someone would say about you? What would right. your your past employer, or your peers, say about you? I and like a lot that. of people get stumped on that because they don't self. It's pretty much like giving your elevator pitch, yes, or or something like that. I say, you know, let's construct your elevator pitch. And now when somebody asks you what, what your employers or people, your friends say about you, use your elevator pitch, you know, say, you know, I'm a change agent and leader, blah, blah, blah. I help with this organization okay. grow, blah. That's that's what you can use as well. So I, I learned that's all these things along the way. Yeah. Part of my not getting jobs. <laughs> right. Well, you know, you learn from those. Oh, you absolutely. learn from your mistakes. Right. Absolutely. You learn from them. Absolutely. It's the same way when coaches interview for jobs, part of what I do with Rising Coaches DEI Alliance, we we actually have our next up initiative where we prepare minority coaches, men, women, all different ethnic groups to go out and get jobs, teach them how to interview with search firms who are part of my board as well. So um, I just want to share with that with the listeners, though, my two cents in there. Of course, you got got the 10 cent. I got the two cent. Um, No, that's a 10 cent. That's a 10 cent. That's good. Um, Let's talk about some of the things, industry trends that you've learned, because a lot of People and coaches sometimes are going to transition out of coaching into other fields. And a lot of times, a lot of coaches come into the field with background experiences and other jobs yes. as well. And a lot of them, if they get fired, whatever the case may be, they may get tired of coaching and want to transition out. So talk about some of the industry trends um, in the DNI space and what you have seen in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I work a lot with our legends and it's amazing. You know, we just did a... Um, we just did a shop the shop recording where we talked about being black in the NFL and beyond the field. Like when they retired, what they do, we have lawyers, we have business owners, we have investors, we have, I mean, legend, we have, I mean, broadcasters. I mean, so there's a lot um, that happens beyond the field, like when that ends. And so to your point with coaches, I mean, you talk about transferable skills, right? Like being a coach, there's a lot that coaches are doing that could definitely transfer into being in the business operations side. Absolutely. And not only what's so great about that is they know the NFL already or they know wherever that space is for them and going on the business op side, it just makes them even stronger. Like that connection to it, because a lot of us will say that we need to bridge the gap between football and business ops. Because football is one piece of the business. How do you bridge that, right? Bring somebody over that knows it. (laughs) It's like a great opportunity. So I think that, um, you know, one of the things I realized and learned is not only is every part of our business so incredibly different, but we all need each other. We all need to know how the other runs and operates. So the more knowledge you have in any one's particular space, the better, right? We're going to, it's just going to make us operate better. 
Um, so one of the things that, you know, you're right, like we are new in this space, the DEI team. And so getting, bridging that gap to football is my next step. You know, business, I'm on the business operations side and I've done that all year long, but now I'm going into the football side. Like I will be supporting our football side. I want to be there for our coaches, the GMs and the players. And so, but it's how you do that. You can't, again, remember what I said in the beginning, you don't just come in like, hey, we're going to do it. Okay, everybody, we're going to do this. No, that's not how it works. You have to learn and you have to see where those opportunities are. So I think it goes both ways. And I think that the football operations side appreciates that. I think they appreciate what we bring and, and when needed, they'll see and we'll see those opportunities to bridge that. Um, and hopefully it opens up that space for them as well. So that they could see and say, hey, you know what? I, maybe I'll go on the business op side one day. Why not? I probably won't go on the football side one day, though. <laughs> well, you never know. They may come to get you because of what you do. If you start working with the players, now you never become know. and you become doing great things with the players or good things with the players. It may pull you to the football side. Yeah, you never um, start know. Working with them as well. Is there anything else you would like for our listeners and viewers to know about pertaining to the right fit? No, I think that the all the topics are great. I think um, if you have an opportunity to work with someone in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, embrace them, talk to them, um, get to know them, and get to know how we can help you. Um, I think that's really important. I want to share with those listening. And if you're going after opportunities, I will tell you, being able to answer questions around diversity and inclusion and how you create an inclusive environment is something you want to know. Because those are questions that people ask. Equity, know the answers to how you're going to answer. Like, how do you build an equitable team? Like, how do you focus on inclusion? Like, how, what is your, you know, what do you think about being a compassionate and caring leader? Know the answers to those type of things. So that's what I would, that's what I would leave them with. Well, you know, the NFL is, is doing a great job, particularly individual organizations now addressing the DEI initiatives, bringing people in such as yourself to really, really begin to understand and diversify. Now, we're not just talking about what's on the field. As you know, the league is 70% African-American, but you have people working in those stadiums that are minorities as well. That's very, right. very, their jobs are very, very important to them as well. Karen, Time is up. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thanks and for having me. Here's the last part of this podcast that I enjoy the most. It's called Word Association. I say a word or a name. You say the first thing that comes to mind and make sure you're careful. Oh, gosh. Your response. All right. Okay. New York City. The Bronx. Okay. <laughs> California. There's so many things I can say, but um, I'm going to say Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> Family. Mine. <laughs> important. Important. Okay. There you go. You know, I want the viewers and listeners to learn something about you. Um, yes. well, and I guess they know you're from the Bronx, by the way, how emphatic you was. I was like, the Bronx. <laughs> And uh, Lisa and didn't start singing, uh, singing the song by um, Boogie Down Production. I'm glad you didn't start singing that song as well. And finally, 
I was and finally the Seahawks. The best. Well, Karen, thank you for joining me this afternoon here on the Right Fit Podcast. And I want to thank the listeners and viewers for watching as well. Please join me next Friday with another great guest from either Collegiate Athletics and the world of sports who are decision-making. Until then, be safe, stay healthy, and have a great weekend. The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile. All for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates, and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list, or more information,